This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, June 1st, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. Now that the president has imposed steep tariffs on steel and aluminum on Canada, Mexico, and the European Union, the retaliation begins. Cato's Colin Grabo and Simon Lester comment on what comes next. The U.S. delayed its implementation of threatened tariffs against Canada, Mexico, and the European Union pending some sort of deal. What were we waiting on? For Canada and Mexico, the NAFTA renegotiation was the the deal that we were waiting on. Uh, In theory, if the U.S., Canada, and Mexico concluded a new NAFTA, um, then Canada and Mexico would have gotten a permanent exemption from these tariffs. In the case of the EU, it was a little more vague. Uh, There was some talk of uh, restarting maybe U.S.-EU trade talks or coming to up with smaller sectoral deals that could grant the EU a permanent exemption. but All of that was lost uh, when the Trump administration gave up and decided they were going to impose these tariffs on Canada, Mexico, and the EU. So what does this mean with respect to retaliation? I know that uh, at least a couple of those countries have threatened retaliation. Uh, The leader of uh, Canada basically, you know, gave a very sort of out of character, fiery speech uh, damning the uh, tariffs because the United States gets a lot of aluminum from Canada. So what are the threatened retaliations? Well, the retaliation steps are in place. It won't happen tomorrow. It'll take a couple weeks for the the tariffs from each country to be imposed. But basically what each one is going to do, the U.S. tariffs are just broadly on steel and aluminum. The other countries uh, with their retaliation are going to focus on specific U.S. products that are designed to cause pain in particular districts. So uh, they'll single out orange juice from Florida um, or uh, Harley-Davidson from Wisconsin. They're trying to inflict pain on particular members of Congress in order to get them to speak up and and fight back against the president. So what you're going to see is um, just very targeted, specific U.S. producers suddenly faced with uh, extra costs when they sell, when they try to sell to Canada, Mexico, or the European Union. Do we have a sense of how these things typically go in terms of one country deciding I'm going to raise a bunch of tariffs, so everybody else decides they're going to raise a bunch of tariffs? How long do these things go on? And uh, what needs to happen before people realize that this was a mistake? Is it is it blood in terms of uh, electoral defeats or uh, what is it? Well, we're in uncharted territory here because of the kinds of tariffs. I mean, we've seen tariff wars before, but they're all sort of under the framework of WTO authorized retaliation or um, authorized anti-dumping countervailing duties. So these aren't the first tariffs, but doing it in this way, imposing tariffs for this reason and seeing the retaliation um, done so blatantly and, you know, sort of ignoring the the rules, uh, you know, in in terms of formulating the retaliation, um, you know, we're, I don't want to take us all the way back to Smoot Hawley. We're not that far. Uh, we're not that far gone yet. But it, but it's something like that, and so it is really hard to predict how it's going to play out. Ideally. Um, somebody in the Trump administration will uh, realize they've gone a bit too far and look for some way to cut a deal, even if it's not uh, a full new NAFTA or some broad deal with the European Union, just something that they can call a deal um, that gives them an excuse to to call off the tariffs. But you know, we just we haven't seen anything like this. Maybe you can go back to the, the 1980s, but even then, uh, when the U.S. pressured allies into signing trade deals that were actually voluntary export restraints, it just it wasn't as broad, it wasn't as as blatant a violation of the rules. So it's just it's very hard to predict how it will play out. We hope cooler heads will prevail. 
Unfortunately, what we're going to see in a couple of weeks is probably an escalation of the, the, the trade conflict with China. Um, so things might get worse be, before they get better, unfortunately. As with immigration restrictions, uh, so goes trade policy with uh, this president. That is, it's based on some some national security concern. And then you watch uh, the president give a special deal to a company like ZTE in China, where there are some uh, national security concerns. However, uh, we don't necessarily know exactly what those concerns are, but it seems odd that national security is the reason for these tariffs. Is is the reason that it's national security just that it really hasn't ever been questioned or tested before? Yeah, that's true. Uh, countries get a lot of leeway when they use a national security justification. Um, but in this case, I think it's so transparently uh, a guise for protectionism that a lot of other countries um, are, are protesting the move because it's it's so obvious that this is a hollow argument. Um, if you look at, for example, when it comes to steel, the top 10 uh, sources of steel, China is not in the top 10. Um, Canada is our number one source of imported steel. Canada is a NATO ally. Uh, if you look at those top 10 sources, you find countries like Turkey and Brazil, um, South Korea, Japan, which are all countries that the U.S. has mutual defense arrangements with. When you look at aluminum, Canada by far is our number one supplier of aluminum, primary aluminum. Uh, Canada, again, ally. It's an official part of the U.S. Uh, industrial base, which means that in time of conflict, um, Canadian companies have an obligation to supply the U.S. with, with needed steel and aluminum. Um, so, so this is a fiction. Um, and, and unfortunately, it seems like it's, it's, it's a, an option that the Trump administration may use again with the auto uh, sector. And every time they do this, uh, it's going to put pressure on the international trading system, the trust that uh, is, is involved there and the understanding that people will only invoke national security justifications in very rare uh, situations where, where the basis is, is clearly justified. Clearly, one of the problems here is the Trump administration, but another problem is the Section 232 statute, um, which I have to admit is written really broadly and vaguely and uh, refers to economic welfare and, and things that might weaken the inter internal economy. And they give an administration like the Trump administration the discretion to use this for protectionism if they want to. So. You know, part of the burden here may be on Congress uh, to go clean up the mess it created when it wrote the statute. Um, you know, maybe they didn't anticipate um, a president who would act like this, but now we have one, and so um, you know, there, there are the the retaliation from our trading partners. Hopefully, um, can can wake the Trump administration up here and get them to behave a little more reasonably. Um, but but it may not, uh, it, and so it would be nice. And I know I'm asking a lot here if Congress would step in and and uh, clean this up a bit and make some amendments to the statute to to clarify things um, and you know for example to say hey look you know our, our defense partners our security allies like like Canada imports from those countries don't impair our national security so kind of set some more guidelines here take away some of the discretion that the executive branch has here because right now they're just using it in a, in a really bad way all right so what should Congress do specifically with respect to authorities that have been delegated to 
uh, the president over the last several decades? Well, I mean, there's two specific things they could do um, that that you know, proposals I've heard of or proposals that I thought of. One is they could uh, they could um, amend the statute so that they get to approve these tariffs. So yes, the the president can um, announce the tariffs, uh, but but Congress actually has to approve it. So that's one thing. And another is to just revise the specific language to to really uh, clarify what national security means um, and to remove the, the vague language about economic welfare that the, the Trump administration has used um, as the as to, to help justify the tariffs. Um, so I think, you know, those those two those ways of amending the statute, you know, and I just did a blog post on this where I got into some specific language, but basically take away some of the discretion and, and clarify um, and narrow uh, the, the the broadness of the existing statute. Yeah, I think something along the lines of the legislation uh, proposed by Senator Mike Lee, the Global Trade Accountability Act, which would require, I believe, um, tariff increases to be approved by Congress. I think that it would allow the president to impose emergency tariffs for 90 days, but uh, by the end of that 90 days, they would also have to be formally approved by Congress. Uh, I think we have um, an administration, an executive branch that is run amok when it comes to tariffs right now, and there needs to be some kind of check uh, imposed on its worst uh, instincts. Yeah, for decades we've been operating under the assumption that the the president would be the most free trade oriented uh, person in the federal government, and so these statutes, you know, gave uh, gave presidents the discretion to act in certain ways, but people didn't expect them to be uh, abused in a protectionist manner. Well, now we realize they can be, and so that should give everyone, you know, a, a, that gives us a, a reason to to rethink all this and, and to clarify and maybe to remove some of the discretion. We thought the president would use the discretion to push in a free trade direction, but apparently this president's going in a different direction. So uh, the free traders in Congress, and there are some, uh, this is their chance to you know, kind of step in. They've been reluctant so far. They haven't done much. There's been some legislation proposed. Maybe these tariffs and, and the potential ones on autos are enough to, to trigger a response and you know, motivate them to, to, to change things. Colin Grabo and Simon Lester are trade policy analysts at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.